Hey firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the firecracker department. Uh, good morning or good afternoon or I don't know, good evening. I don't know what time zone you're in. Maybe good night. Maybe uh, you have insomnia and you're trying to get back to bed. Sometimes I have wicked insomnia. I do like a three, four o'clock wake up and then I plug a podcast into my ears to try to soothe me back to sleep. But then I just have dreams of like, <laughs> Of like murder mysteries or espionage. I love a good mystery or spy podcast. Oh, if you got ideas, I'll take them. But wherever you are, whenever you are, I just hope you're staying safe in these wild 2021 times. Oh boy, it's wild. I don't know, maybe you're listening in the future. Because, I mean, you kind of are because I record these episodes before they hit your ears. So you're kind of in the future and that would be super amazing. Oh my gosh, can you imagine if I could update everyone as they listen? I don't know, is that in our future where like, you'll be like, what's the most up to date I can be? I mean, that's roommates, isn't it? Then we're just being podcast roommates and then you're all gonna have to move in with me and we're gonna need more cheese. I'll tell you that, there's not enough cheese for everybody. I know this, at least I can update you on me and then you can update me on you. And then we're together in some zone. I love it. My life right now is much like most of your lives, but Groundhog Day-like. Um, I'm in snow. I'm in snow constantly. I'm out of the city, so I wake up and sort of recognize the temperature that we'll be dealing with that day, the snow level, the Wi-Fi level, because sometimes the snow stops my Wi-Fi, and then, and then I have to like read a book or something. Puzzles, I'm doing some puzzles. It was my mom's birthday yesterday. That was really in my head and heart. My mom passed away a year ago, February 12th, and her birthday is February 17th, so February's a big month for me. And I don't I don't know, it's uh, I'm just adjusting to not having my folks around. And I don't know if some of you don't have your people around and how you've adjusted. I'd love to hear how, how you've kind of dealt with that. Um, I talked to my mom. I sort of feel her presence in different ways, like when the sun shines and the stars twinkle or a bird is a chickadee, not just any bird, not a blue jay, that's not my mom, but like a chickadee. So she sort of has a presence and, um, and sometimes I'll speak to her sort of just to have that familiarity. Uh, I miss her, I miss her like crazy. The weirdest thing happened, I was cleaning my father's place up and it was February 12th, so I was just recognizing with Matt that it was her, the anniversary of her passing away. And uh, there's this picture of her, and I was just looking at it, and then on the radio came uh, Walking My Baby Back Home, which is a song that my father and I used to sing. It was this really beautiful and odd happening that just I got so much comfort from. And um, yeah, it's... It's finding those moments of comfort for me that get me through the moments of grief. So if I can like wear one of her sweaters, I find that comforting. It's finding moments of comfort like that that gets me through the moments of grief that I deal with. And uh, you know, it's not all bad. There's like jokes. Gosh, I was thinking the other day about my mom. So my mom used to have these um, these words that were just sort of mumisms. Like she'd say, Oh, if your if your bike's squeaking, just put some R2D2 on it instead of WD40, which always made me laugh. Or she would add an R to things, like like vase would be vars, or lip balm would be lip balm, 
and I'd be like, Mom, spell spell vase for me. And she'd be like, V A S E. She uh, she had a language of her own, and it always made me laugh. If you have anything like that, I would love to hear about it. Because th that's my vocabulary now. I don't say vitamin, I say vitamin because of my mom. And I probably will start saying vars. Um, I don't think I'm going to put R2-D2 on my bike. I think that's where I, I draw a limit, that's for sure. That's where I'm at today, so I'd love to hear where you're at. Give us a, give us a note at Firecracker DEPT. Let us know how you're doing. Okay. Now, we always do some Firecracker shoutouts before each episode, but this week, I want to highlight one of the absolute fundamental members of our Firecracker Department core team, the head of our podcast production team. It's Winnie freaking Wong. Yes. Let's give a shout out for our core members. I love this. Now, let me just give you a little bit of a sidebar. Sydney Nielsen writes my intros for me and then we work on them together as we speak them out. I love that Sydney has shone a light at this beautiful person slash producer slash amazing creator. As we've been sort of settling into our roles in the core firecracker department team and building this beautiful magical community with all of you, Winnie has quickly become one of the most I don't know, she's, she's smart, she's reliable, she's organized, she's a go-getter, she's funny, she always checks to make sure that we're eating properly. I just love her. And I know I'm speaking, I'm speaking on behalf of Sydney and I, because we work the closest with Winnie on producing this podcast, but she just makes things happen in the firecracker professional world and personal community. And she, as I said, she always says, a little bit of a text, how are you? Are you writing? Are you eating? And then she'll send a picture of like what she's having for dinner and say, show me a picture of what you're eating. Or she'll say, oh, you have to watch Drag Race. What, what season are you on? And then we'll have a great text thread on like what our favorite Drag Race moments were. And I love it. She knows what's important. Like Winnie works really, really hard, but she knows, and this is something that Firecracker Department really believes in, is that it, it happens because of people. Nobody's getting paid in Firecracker Department right now. We're doing it because we love what we're doing. And Winnie knows it is important. And uh, you know, she calms us down when things are nuts and then she lifts us up and she makes everybody feel important and uh, she makes everybody's day better. And this is a great shout out to give. Um, she's just one of a kind. I think that anybody who's met Winnie Wong just can't get enough of her. She also has her own publicity company and you can also follow her at wonder underscore Wong on Instagram. It makes sense for this wonderful wonder that makes up Winnie Wong. So go check her out. Give her some firecracker love. I know we adore her. Now, on with the show. Okay, so our guest on the show this week is filmmaker and director of programs and partnerships for Women's Voices Now, Ariana Thielenhaus. Ariana oversees the entire Women's Voices Now film festival, plus their online film collection and the Girls' Voices Now youth program. Uh, I met Ariana through Heidi, who also works at Women's Voices Now, and I met Heidi through Farah Morani, who is the head of our script department. So you see, we all come together. Ariana is also a filmmaker, as well as having a ton of experience working and consulting in nonprofit organizations. Everything from social justice and domestic violence to environmental conservation and workforce development. Her brain thinks about everything from inside and all around. And it was so great to chat with her. It was such a great and uh, electric conversation with Ariana. She believes in the power of story, right? So there's this great marriage between the power of story with her film work 
and then the power that she is providing for other people creating films through Women's Voices Now. Ariane has just such a passion for women's and girls' rights that seems just to guide everything she does. Now, if you haven't heard of Women's Voices Now or their film festival, it promotes women and femme-identifying filmmakers using social change films to advocate for women's and girls' rights around the world. So the 2021 edition kicks off March 11th at 11 a.m. So it's easy to remember, right? March 11th at 11, 11, 11. The Women's Voices Now Festival event will feature a keynote speaker discussing the power of film in advancing women's and girls' rights and introducing the award-winning filmmakers. Isn't that amazing? Women's Voices Now is just doing such great work telling stories and helping people tell their stories and I think that is just so commendable and so exciting to have that in our community and I was so happy to have this discussion with Ariana. So let's let's get to it. Let me share with you my discussion with Ariana Thielenhaus. You wear a lot of hats, Ariana. You wear like uh, you need more heads is what I'm saying for the hats that you have. Um, how do you juggle all those things? Like, what do you use as your title when you introduce yourself to people? Yes. Um, so in the, in the space of women's voice now, I mean, I say I'm the director of programs and partnerships, but you know, I think I've, um, all of the hats I wear are in the social impact space and, and, um, generally looking at strategy and like program implementation. So I think, um, that's an overarching kind of way to speak about it. But yeah, I, I like wearing a lot of hats. That's how I do my best work. Yeah. And were you always like that? Like looking back to your childhood, did you, did you like, were you an advocate as a little girl? That's such a good question. You know, um, huh. I, have like to I think produced about that. shows. I produced shows even when I was like, <laughs> honest to God, I had a, I had a puppet show. My mom made me this puppet theater and I made puppets from walnuts and like oh my gosh I fabric it was I made awful. those too no. I made walnut puppets I oh, did for sisters? sure yeah. we have a lot this going is weird on this is weird I would sell tickets uh, I perforated the tickets with a little pin and then I would sell them for like 25 oh gosh, cents and have um a, <laughs> I'd have like a snack station but I'd eat all the snacks before the show it wasn't a very good business plan but what I love that <laughs> I mean for how young you were I think you were crushing it um and <laughs> I definitely, no, I, I mean, I was definitely not that. I, I think I never questioned that I wanted to work in social impact. Um, I was not running, you know, social enterprises at the age of five. Um, I, you know, I, I think I always uh, tended to, you know, we read like any animal I could find that I could rescue, I would do that. But I definitely mm -hmm. wasn't, um, yeah, I, I don't think that I necessarily you know, started with like little projects at that age, but I definitely, I don't think there was a moment in my life that I questioned that this was what I would do. Yeah. Really. And so I'm not who, sure where that came from. Who gave you that passion? Do you, can you look to your, like the cheerleaders around you? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, I think one of the big reasons is because I, so I was very fortunate to grow up. Um, my parents are both immigrated from Germany. Um, so I'm first generation American in that sense, but I was very fortunate to be able to travel quite a bit because our family is all over there. And so, um, and my parents like prioritized over everything to get us out into the world. And so um, I think at a very young age, I was, you know, I had been into many places um, and they were always big on like, no, we're not going to get a flat screen TV. We're going to, you're going to go on this trip or whatever mm, it was. Yeah. Um, and so I think just seeing like having an awareness of how many, how differently people live and mm. how, 
much is going on in the world uh, past like the little you know neighborhood that we were in um, just made me very curious about that and also aware of like the issues that um, mm. people are facing in so many different areas. So I think that's probably um, one of the one of the kind of origins of this passion. Um, and also just for working with people and kind of finding solutions by working, you know, collaborating and by mm. kind of recognizing like the shared humanity that we all have, whether that is in regards to nature or people or animals or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And so was there a tipping point? Like, were you on track to do one thing and then you saw something that you couldn't turn away from and it turned you into the path that you were, you're on now? Um, you know, I think I always, I mean, I, I always just new social impact it's it's so interesting it's not like you I've, wanted to work at like a fast food joint for a while no. and then you're like wait a second I think there's more ways of spending my energy no absolutely no I mean there was never there was never that I think I had like a few opportunities here and there you know mm -hmm. to do side jobs and things like that um and but but you know one of the first kind of longer term like um I, I worked actually um did like a fellowship in Chile in Santiago Wow. Um, in college, which was yeah. one of the more like office-y, you know, real, real quote unquote jobs that mm -hmm. I was able to kind of explore. And that in contrast to some of the other like odd jobs I had done or smaller jobs was very clearly, I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to, to care about what I do. Yeah. Start. Did you want to go to Chile yeah. just to go to Chile? Cause you had a passion for traveling maybe. Um, so I went to Chile because I, st so I studied abroad there. Um, mm -hmm. I did a semester down there and Such then, yeah, it was, I mean, absolutely. I've Like I said, I've been extremely fortunate and I'm very aware of the privilege I've had to just be able to take on so many opportunities and live in different parts of the world. Um, but yeah, so I studied abroad there and then I said, you know what, I, I'm kind of good. Like I want to come back down here. So I finished up college um, as quickly as I could. And I, and I came back down and then worked um, with this nonprofit down mm. there. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're all aware of the injustices in the world. Like I can't imagine mm -hmm. anybody thinking that the world is just fine. <laughs> Keep going world. So, but not everybody some has people. it. Oh yeah. No, but even then they've got <laughs> something to complain about. The recycling bin. That's true, that's like true, that. good call. So, so, but not everybody takes it upon themselves to take responsibility for those kind of uh, in, injustices and uh, inadequacies and inequalities in the world why did you choose to put your energy towards this yeah um another great question I think I'm nailing it I got three in a row Boom. nailing it <laughs> um I think there's probably I mean there's two things come to mind I mean one is both my parents they were uh they were born in the year that the second world war ended and um my mom particularly was very uh expressive as I think many of our parents were about like the hardships that they faced oh um, boy especially, I'm like, first generation post. Canadian too you are okay yeah so, so, so my father's go. Lithuanian and British and so they survived oh, wow. uh, wars as well okay mm -hmm. oh my gosh um I think just from on like a personal level um personal experience that someone had um I think you know my mom felt like it was post-world war country right and they were mm -hmm. living in the country um and and so my mom was always very clear about like what she didn't have growing up um and, and I think I have been very aware of how much I have had in yeah. my life um and that's not to say it's always been easy or or you know what whatever it might be but I've definitely had a lot of um opportunities and privilege yeah. that were not because of anything I did right just right. because of how what I was born into and so I think yeah. 
I've worked with so many people in different contexts um, and especially working with people that are experiencing homelessness. Um, you know, a lot of people have these preconceptions and it's not that way. I mean, a lot of people are just born into situations that are really tough yeah. and it's really tough to um, change that situation. And so I think for me, like the drive is very much recognizing there's no rhyme or reason to me about, you know, what opportunities someone has dealt uh, besides just like good luck in many, in many ways. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like choosing to do something. And I see that like your, your mother helping you realize that you were privileged and, and lucky. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, we have such similar paths because I had <laughs> like, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I'd come home for school and there'd be like a homeless guy sitting on my couch wearing all my mm -hmm. father's clothes. Cause my mom had brought him home and mm -hmm. gave, like help him have some food in the in the shower and stuff like that so I was very aware of the the importance of that mm -hmm. balance and how lucky I was and how I shouldn't just rest on that luck but I should pay it forward and give back um, mm -hmm. was that Absolutely. something that was instilled with you and your family I mean I think I've definitely seen um how other how individuals in my life and in my um, community and where whatever it might be have you know, played significant roles or given back to their community. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think for me, it was just like, this is, I mean, there's no reason to, you know, we know that there are so many issues in the world. And like, this is something I know I can have an impact on. Mm -hmm. I know that this is something I love. I know this is something I can have an impact mm -hmm. on. Um, and so why wouldn't, why wouldn't I do that? Like, it's just been second nature to me. And I don't know why. Yeah. I know it's so, I mean, the, the thing that I'm trying to like find out because like we all need to take responsibility for each other. So mm -hmm. when, like, how do you sort of like, I don't know, echo that into the world and not shame people <laughs> into like helping yeah. out because I don't think that's helpful. But the recognition of like, if you, I remember somebody saying to me once, like if you have whatever amount of power you have, mm -hmm. use it, like not, you know, if you want to take away the pay it forward, but use it to contribute. If yeah, you have a little absolutely. bit of power, use it to contribute to a little bit. If you have a lot of power, use it a lot. So, so I guess what I'm asking is like, how do you inspire people to jump in the way you do? You know, I'm a firm believer in people will not, like people will only do what they want to do. And mm -hmm. I, so any of my friends, anyone will tell you, like if they ask me for advice, I'm like, I can provide my input, but I'm not going to tell you what to do because you will do what you decide to do. And that's, and that's probably also a good pathway for you because if it's, you know, it's not right or wrong, you're going to learn something or you're going to be happy about the step you mm -hmm. took. And so I think transferring that to kind of getting people inspired about doing something in their communities, I think, you know, the best thing we can do is, um, is demonstrate mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, hope that people see it and empathize or have some kind of feeling towards that, that makes them excited mm -hmm. to do something as well. Um, and I think, you know, also recognizing that, you know, a lot of people I'll talk to and they're like, oh, I've been wanting to volunteer. I've been wanting to do something for a long time. And, and it's like, there's so many ways that you can So many impact. ways. Yeah. It can be just in your family, right? Yeah. It can be just in treating people with kindness. Like there are a million, there's a mm -hmm. very large menu of what we can do. And so I think that's what people have to choose for themselves. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, it's not my place to push someone to, um, to, to give back in, in a way that doesn't feel genuine to them. Mm. Too. I think you're so right. I think that people shouldn't do what they don't do because A, it never gets done, you know? And, yeah. and, but B, like, I think, I, I feel like there's so much work to be done that people get mm -hmm. overwhelmed. So saying something like, start yeah. with your family, start with kindness. 
I think we can handle that much. I think we can do that I think much. We can. I think we yeah. can do it. Yeah, that's, I, you know, I think um, even like, and I keep going back to, you know, working with individuals that were experiencing homelessness. I mean, even in that, I mean, you're able to just share an experience mm -hmm. that maybe they haven't been privy to. Um, yeah. And that in itself might lead them to question, even though if, you know, even if I'm not saying you're wrong, right? Uh, rather, I can <laughs> that say doesn't this seem is like an your experience style. I've had. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, maybe they go home and they share it with someone else, or maybe they go home and they say, huh, the next time I encounter someone that's experiencing homelessness, maybe they think about it a little differently, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how I think that's one of the, like, if we all just started to think in that way, yeah. I mean, we'd already be seeing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's such, and I think you have a skill of, um, gosh, it's not, it's not preaching, but it's a sharing, educating in a way that's receivable. Do you know, like, I know some people when, when they get on, you know, a soapbox of any kind, it's mm -hmm. such lecturing that it's easy to shut down. So I think there's also that kind of communication you must've learned. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's something, um, you know, and it's something I, I like practice meditation and mindfulness, um, and also through working in direct services, you learn a lot of like communication and um, cognitive behavioral therapy mm -hmm. techniques. And so all of that coming together, you really, again, it all comes down to like, people aren't going to do what they don't want to do. It's just like, you're going to spend a lot of energy, you know, maybe a tiny percent of the time you're going to have some, you know, some progress, but the end result is probably not going to be what you want it to be. And so yeah. I think that's, that's really what it is. It's like, when we have these conversations, it's recognizing we can share, we can open minds, we can speak from our experience and our opinion, but to tell people what to do, I, in my opinion, it's, it's the least effective way of, of yeah, making progress. Yeah, I often say that with uh, this firecracker department organization when I'm like, because, because I don't think people ever achieve the things they don't really enjoy. And I yeah. compare it to when I used to do like shows in the fringe festivals and the beginning of rehearsals, people would hand out posters and they'd be like, mm -hmm. okay, can everybody put up 10 posters in the community? And I'd be like, put mine in the recycling bin because I'm not going to do it. I hate doing it. I'll organize the program or I'll design yeah. costumes, but I hate doing the poster stuff. So um, I did it just, just begrudgingly. So now <laughs> tell, me, tell me a little bit about now um, Women's Voices Now and how that yeah. came into your life and how because I feel like you must have had like a buffet. There's a buffet of causes that you could choose and you chose to put your energy into women's voices now. Tell me about that. Yeah, um, thank you for asking that. I think, um, you know, I, so I essentially, I came to Women's Voices Now through um, a volunteer opportunity with them. And it was shortly after having taken seven months to um, I, I left my previous employment and decided to go backpacking through Southeast Asia um, mm -hmm. on my own and do some, I was doing some like work and work and live kind of situation. So doing mm -hmm. some conservation work, things like that. And so, um, you know, that time was really a time to be on my own and to think about what I wanted to do. And I had had some really amazing work opportunities behind me, um, but I also was kind of like, where do I What's go next? from here? Um, yeah. How yeah, long did you did that? Not, I mean, this was very recent. Um, this was, oh, how old? Uh, it was three years, 27? Okay. No, maybe yeah. a little, yeah. I'm, I'm 30 I, now. Yeah, I think that that kind of like, what's next now. comes into our brain. They say like every seven years, 
our body um, sheds its like soul skin or something like that. And you have to kind of go, okay, what's next? And going for that kind of traveling experience probably really helped you open your brain. Oh my gosh, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, that's interesting. I feel like, that, I mean, probably 21, 28-ish was yeah. my 70 years and that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So either way, I mean, you know, I came out of that with a pretty clear sense of what I wanted to do. Um, and just reflecting on it, I've always been interested in women's rights. Um, and I've always been interested in a more creative kind of um, realm of film and storytelling and how we can accomplish um, a little more like intangible change of shifting culture um, and shifting perspectives through storytelling, right? And mm. through films and other tools similar to that. Um, and so I reached out and I, I, I got connected with Women's Voices Now through a crazy set of circumstances. Um, I volunteered at their Girls' Voices Now screening, mm -hmm. um, which funny enough, I led and put on this year. No and, okay. and I was just, I mean, I was just floored. Like I walked out in tears just thinking this is, this is incredible. It was essentially the screening um, of the short social change films that were created by our young filmmakers um in in our youth program and it was just I mean mind-blowing to yeah. me um and so I said this is you know this is what I want to do and then uh stayed in touch and here we are <laughs> wow so and so like there's so many different ways to have a voice and you chose to do it through filmmaking basically and supporting that uh that uh, platform and what what about that what about that connected to you I think, you know, so I've done some um, work in, I, I love to write, um, I've worked on a few films um, and there's just, you know, I keep coming back to this, I'm sounding like a broken record, but there's something about recognizing like human, humanity and just like humanness, mm -hmm. I don't think that's a word, but I'm using nope, it. Um, it is now. <laughs> that we can't or that it's hard to do when you don't you know when you don't stop for a second and yeah. like take in someone else's experience and mm -hmm. what what better way to to do that to get that done than films where people are committing to sitting for a certain amount of time and to take in this experience right mm -hmm. um and so to me it's just this incredible way of a being able to reach people in so many places of the world but also to um to raise and elevate stories from everywhere in the mm -hmm. world. Um, and so, yeah, to me, I think it's it's just, it's one of, there's many ways to facilitate change, especially in the realm of women's and girls' rights. But this is one way that specifically to me was interesting because of that potential to like connect with an audience on um, what we call with Women's Voices Now is a empathy to action level, mm -hmm. meaning it can, it, you know, it can engage people and uh, encourage them to feel empathy towards this story and then potentially even to act based on that, whether it's small scale of questioning a perspective they have to doing something about it. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. And we speak about that too with firecrackers about like, okay, you're inspired. Now what's the action? Because it's, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it's not enough just to live in inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, and that's, that's what it's about. It's, it's how, I mean, that's where the magic is in social mm. impact, right? It's how do we get people from, I want to do something, right? Or what you were saying, like, I want to, there's just so much going on and I want to do something, but there's too much, right? Yeah. Like, how do we, what's that sweet spot where people say, oh, I'm going to do this, right? Yeah. Well, how do you, I mean, there is so much going on and there are so many causes. How do you avoid burnout? How do you not wake up every day going, okay, 
strap on the, the gear. I'm going to go back to, to, the, to the fight. Yeah. Um, thank you. I think that's a really, really important question. And, um, you know, I think especially like coming from having provided direct services where you are hearing some pretty um, intense traumatic experiences mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Um, it's a real thing, you know, secondhand trauma is a real thing. Um, and even when you're working, you know, on a more strategic level, um, I think everyone that goes into social services or social impact at some point has that overwhelming like doom of, so I mean, much. what am I even doing here? Why am I trying? Right. Yeah. There's there's, we'll never be done. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, to me, it's not, it's just, I mean, I kind of go about ways of like, is this product a productive thought or is this not a productive thought? Mm. To me, that's not a productive thought to have. So I think on that level, you know, I've chosen where I can have an impact and I, that's good enough for me. And I think also, I, I mean, I, I do practice, you know, as I mentioned, like mindfulness, self-care uh, pretty vigorously, um, just to make sure I can bring my best to the work also. What, what does that look like? You're, I mean, you know, the word self-care is thrown around so much and be like, oh, don't forget self-care. And I'm like, I mean, what, like, is that just a bath? I can have a bath, but I think it's deeper than just like getting a massage and having like a pedicure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, that's, I that's one of the versions. Everybody's got a different exactly. version of it though, but what does yours look like? Okay. Mine. Yeah. Mine is, I mean, it's pretty, um, so I, I meditate, I would say like five to six days a week. Um, I now the last three weeks have been doing a yoga retreat in the morning. So I've been getting up pretty early. Um, mm -hmm. there's nothing like having done like a yoga session when the sun's coming up. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you know, it's taken a long time for me to get to the point where I realized like how much the effect of having that routine mm. outweighs the the joy of sleeping in another hour. <laughs> yeah. But it's, mm, I mean, good. it has revolutionized my life, my relationships. Um, it's just been something for me that's been absolutely incredible. Um, and I think, again, as you mentioned, you know, everyone's got their own thing, but I think it has to be, it has to be pushing pause in some way. Mm. It can't be, oh, myself, you know, um, yeah. I would advise against self-care being like, I'm on my phone scrolling for 30 minutes. So that's my self-care. Right. I think that's, that's a tricky place, right? Because it can be calming to someone, but it's, you are putting your engaged. energy on something else mm. rather mm. than bringing it internal. Well, that's a really that's good distinction. Thought. That's really good. Cause I think that people do think like, I'm, I'm looking after myself. I got to watch, I binge watched two TV shows. But is that like looking at yourself and just being like caring of the self that's mm -hmm. in the words? Oh, yeah. You know, one of the things I would ask people is when is the last time you didn't do anything? And by yeah. that, I mean, you literally just sat. Oh, my God. And did nothing. Yeah. And most people will have a very hard time thinking of that. And that to me is mind blowing. Yeah. Because. And that's not I mean, and, like and going not to sleep. Just so you know. It, oh, no. Yeah. It doesn't mean going to sleep. doesn't mean sitting and listening to music. It means, or yeah. sitting and driving. It means sitting and literally just that. Yeah. And I think when you realize that you haven't done that in so long, you realize, oh, my mind's just been going, 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 yeah. going. And what, what about the thought? Like, you know, what about thinking about me or checking in with myself? When is that happening? And is that happening? Mm -hmm. So again, not to get too a preach. No, I, I don't think this is preachy at all. I think this is actually <laughs> like, um, this is sort of like, this works for me, but it actually like saying that about like, how do you disengage? So you're engaging with yourself is a really different version mm -hmm. of mindfulness. And, uh, 
and the sitting still is really good. And I, I feel like that's connected to nature because it's one of the few times that you're like, I can actually like sit in nature in a still way and feel purposeful. If I sit in my living room mm -hmm. facing like, I don't know, like the wall or a pic, it doesn't feel as like, I don't know, as engaging. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely hear you on that. I think that's, that's the dream, right? That we can sit in nature and I try and find, I mean, living in the middle of LA and Hollywood yeah. here, it's really hard to find. So I think it's, it's that, it's finding the opportunities if you can Mm -hmm. to get into nature when you can if you know and I think for everyone nature has like a, a healing quality usually mm -hmm. but I think it's also recognizing like okay you know I can't wait until the opportunity until I can go to the beach to like take time for myself so mm -hmm. how do I create a space in mm -hmm. the place I have like even if it's you know my I live in a pretty pretty small apartment but I have a corner that has yeah. a candle I love and a flower and um, a cozy blanket and that's where I sit and just take a moment, right? Yeah. So how do you create a space for yourself? Yeah, not waiting for that opportunity, like finding, cause you know, the other day I was, I was coming out of a parking lot and I saw um, a, a guy who had pulled over and he was praying on, on a piece of carpet mm. in the corner of the parking lot. And I'm in Canada, so it was, it's cold, but he was like creating his space wherever he could. So I think that's a really, as opposed to going, oh, I don't have the right mat. <laughs> yeah oh exactly because you'll yeah. always come up with excuses yeah that's the yeah. thing that's the thing yeah yeah that's absolutely and so what do you do that's frivolous so that you don't um I mean it feels like you have such purposeful work in your life how do you balance that with some <laughs> frivolousness oh oh I've got frivolousness yeah. for sure um I this mean is, I, I just can... don't picture it I just picture you <laughs> like a warrior woman like getting up and fighting for the cause and then coming home until and you sleep and then you meditate and you do it again I appreciate that that's the image. <laughs> um, I can see your crossbow in the back. Know. That's all. And your armor. Um, no, I mean, I, I have some guilty reality TV I watch. Um, you know, I, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, and, and I do, I mean, for me, I also like my peace or my frivolousness is also just like going for a walk. I'm not answering. I'm not I'm like, darn, what do I do? I mean, I think, I think reality TV is like the most frivolous thing I can, I can get yeah. at. And, and obviously, I mean, like socializing with friends, super important. We've been doing a lot of like zoom happy hours, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. I mean, there, you have to make time for that too. It can't all be about like finding inner peace and happiness, you know? Yeah, no, no, yeah. it's very true. What are you, what are you excited about? What's coming up with uh, either with, cause I know you're, you produce films as well. So that's, uh, is that still in your, in your, under your umbrella? Um, not well. Okay. Um, so woman's voices. Now we definitely work on, um, producing films with our youth filmmakers. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is something that is, I, I mean, that, that is our summer youth training um, camp. It's probably the most impactful work I've done. Um, and not because of my, my work, but more because <laughs> of how incredible these young, I think I'm being, I'm the one being impacted actually. Nice. Mm -hmm. the, the, the young women in, our, in this program are just, are just so, so incredible. Um, on a personal note, in terms of working on filmmaking, I am still looking to finalize a script that I think I started about five years ago. Um, and I just need to get down and do it. But that's, yeah, that's one of the things I, I keep putting a pin in. So yeah. hopefully I'll be able to, my goal is to finish it up. Yeah, and that's a film that you've and written. We'll yeah, yeah. So yeah. then there's this whole other part of your brain that it must be pulled to do that kind of thing. And 
does that fall under the same like um, social impact filmmaking or is this just beautiful storytelling? Yeah, you know, I mean, I have, so most of the films I've worked on have been more through uh, former partners or through uh, good friends of mine that work very much in the filmmaking industry. I've loved writing. And so I've, that's been a lot of the part that I've played or just helped to produce, like been a help to produce some films. Um, in terms of um, this script um, and actually the one other script that I've worked on, they do have a little more of a social impact uh, mm -hmm. component to them. Uh, this one specifically speaks about mental health um, and kind of the invisibility of mental health and mm -hmm. how we um, both as the person experiencing it and as the individuals that are around that person experiencing it, how we cope and don't cope at mm -hmm. times um, and how we learn to just live with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm so excited for watching what comes out of your creative mind. It's really, there's some really great <laughs> things coming our way. What's coming up next with the um, Women's Voices Now community? Yeah, so we are uh, all we're so excited. Now. We are all online. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely been a shift, I think, for everyone the, this last year. But um, we are really, really excited. Our uh, film festival is coming up in March. Um, our first event is on March 11th. And uh, we, you know, so we have a, the, the objective of our festival is really to promote uh, women and femme identifying filmmakers that are kind of telling these critical issues about women and girls um, around the world. And so we were really excited about the amount of submissions we got. We got submissions from over, I think it was around 37, 38 countries um, wow. in the wow. world, different languages, and just like the whole plethora of issues, um, both, you know, really positive and also you know challenging mm -hmm. um that we deal with as women around the world so it's uh, just been incredible to see the talent to be reminded of how many people around the world are putting their heart and soul into mm -hmm. telling these stories mm -hmm. and i'm really excited to start to share our pre-selection um and then our win you know our winning films um mm -hmm. and kind of con connect and continue to build that community do you have any um specific stories from like success stories from past festivals? You know, we do. So there's been, um, there's been a few really exciting, and this is the first one that I am, um, I've only been with, right. with Women's Voices now uh, about a year now. So this is kind of the first one that I'm on board for the whole time, but we have had some um, filmmakers that submitted to our festival um, that were kind of really inspired by the work that we do and that mm -hmm. ended up actually going back into their communities and starting their own festivals um, oh. in their communities and um, kind of looking to how can they play, you know, not just be the filmmaker, but how can they help to create those communities recognizing these stories. Um, so I think that's, yeah, I mean, the, you know, that's the dream. Like yeah. that's what else can we ask for? Um, that's what we're doing this for. To, to elevate those filmmakers, but also to kind of encourage uh, individuals to, you know, to do the work too. Yeah, and to make their own adventure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's I mean, do you think you'll ever do anything else other than this work? It seems like it's such a perfect fit for your heart. <laughs> I think, who's to know, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, love, um, I love working on all causes. I love, as you know, there's already so many organizations doing incredible work. Um, I think, you know, where I come in is 
helping to develop strategy and just ensuring that we're efficiently using resources to kind of maximize the impact that we have. And so um, whatever issue I'm working on, um, I'm happy doing that. And yeah. I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity to do that over and over again. I'm grateful that you are, <laughs> you have the energy for it and that you have the passion <laughs> for it. Cause it, folks like you are sort of saving the world when we're not all able to do that. Not everybody can wake up in the morning and and do the work that you're doing. I mean, likewise, you know, I mean, even even hosting these these conversations um, and providing a platform for individuals to connect, I think, is so is so incredible. And um, you know, it's it's just an enormous community of people that are doing mm -hmm. this work. Um, and I think the more we can connect and empower other organizations and individuals, the better. Um, so, I mean, I, I think you're doing a really impactful work as I well. I gotcha, thank you. Um, I'm gonna wrap <laughs> up with some firecracker wrap up questions. Are you ready? Please, I'm ready, let's go. Um, fill in the blank, a firecracker is? A powerful, fierce, um, and passionate individual, woman, non-binary individual um, who is, eager about making change and connecting and elevating other women. Oh, I love it. I love it. What do you want to be best known for? Making a change in the world, however small or big and being kind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are two words to describe your present state of mind? Happy and uh, at ease. Oh, nice. I'm going to allow the third yeah. word, but yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, no, that's cool. We'll, we'll hyphenate. <laughs> rules are loose here. Um, okay. If this was a movie and this was like one of the final scenes of the movie of your life, what has been like a climactic turn for you? Um, a climactic turn as in like an event that, that yeah. was climactic to me. Um, going on a trip for seven months and discovering that I am just fine on my own, but that um, the world is and life is beautiful and we have to appreciate every moment. Is this the trip you did three years ago? Yep. Yeah. Oh gosh, traveling. Yeah, that's such a- I would encourage everyone to do me it if too. they can. It's funny, I had similar, um, an upbringing with a lot of travel because of my parents. And I have that inclination too, to like when I need to get back to myself, if I can travel by myself, it's like, it's, it's gold, it's gold. It's gold. It's, it's important to recognize who we are before we define ourselves in the presence of other people. Man, you got some wisdom. You got some wisdom in that, <laughs> that head of yours and heart. Uh, what's something that people don't know about you? Uh, for a short stint while I was in Chile, I modeled. No, that's fantastic. I mean, yeah, yes, yeah. of course, you're gorgeous. And who, <laughs> well, you know. thank you, but uh, I did not. I didn't do great at it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I'm ve I'm very camera shy, and it was awkward and uncomfortable. But it brought in some money, and that's what I needed at the time. So great. Now I don't believe in this word, but what's your favorite mistake that you've ever made? Um. That's a hard one. I, this is going to sound extra preachy, but I don't know that I've ever thought of anything I've done as a mistake. That's not preachy. So, I think I feel the same way, but I like the idea of challenging the question of like, what did I think was a mistake, but it actually was a benefit because I learned so much. Yeah. I think, you know, I think the only, the, the biggest thing that 
comes to mind is I, I took a position at, at one point that I was very unsure about. And mm. um, it taught me a lot. It was, it, it was it was a big challenge. It taught me a lot, but I learned so much about what I mm-hmm. was good at, mm-hmm. what I enjoyed doing, and also what I wasn't good at and what I did not want to do anymore. And so I think that was one of the things that I definitely had a lot of moments of like, what did I take the right step? Um, and uh, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't give it back. I don't know if, if, if you put the opportunity in front of me again, if I'd say yes. Well, no, because you take it back. Exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't do it again because you learned that lesson. You can move on. That's there's true. other, good, there's good. other lessons to learn. <laughs> good point. Good point. Yeah. But, but it was, it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just really, really, I learned so much. And, and we, we realized that in, you know, with challenges, uh, usually there's, some great lessons coming from them. A hundred percent. I so believe that. You just can't see them right then because you're like, I don't want to, I'd rather not learn this lesson. Thank you very much. It's too challenging. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather sleep than Thank do you. this. <laughs> That's right. And eat bonbons for breakfast. Um, what, uh, what's something that you haven't done yet, but you know you have to do? Oof. You know, that trip was on my bucket list my entire mm-hmm. life long and I did it. Um, I would like to live in, um, in Europe, uh, in in probably in Germany and just where my my family the majority of my family lives at some point um mm-hmm. if the opportunity presents itself and I have a you know dual citizenship so that's nice uh and you speak the language I do it's my first language actually. yeah okay what part of Germany are your parents in it's near Düsseldorf and then my mom's side is in Frankfurt but we're all by Düsseldorf now yeah fantastic by, by Cologne yeah I'm always, I'm always looking to um, take the energy and the celebration of your and this discussion and you and pay it forward to somebody. Do you have a firecracker in your life that we could shine a light on? Um, you know, I think the firecrackers, if I may, you, mm-hmm. you, since you mentioned the rules are, are loose, are, you know, I think the Women's Voice Now, like the, the team and of, of women that I work with and the volunteers um, in our community is, it's so inspiring and it's so awesome to see these incredible passionate individuals who are kind of equally committed to the cause and and we have so many opportunities to speak just about what we care about um, and we're always putting that first and so mm-hmm. I would shout out yeah my, my wonderful team that I get to work with every day yeah yeah I've spoken with Heidi and uh, she's fantastic so I can't wait to meet more of your team yeah absolutely they're they're all gems Uh, My final question is, what advice would you have given to your young self? Oh, don't worry so much. I mean, I I think I'd still give myself that, but I think we try to plan, you know, and we try to find certainty in things and uh, you never, you never have that. And so I think it's just, I mean, you don't get to understanding that until you've lived, you know, a bit of life, I think, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, that I I think not trying to plan or to know what, where I'm going to end up because there's no point in spending energy on yeah. that. And 20 years from now, we could have this conversation and you might say the same thing to yourself. I surely will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, what a delight Absolutely. speaking with you. I've so enjoyed talking to you and I can't wait, as I said, to see what your heart and head create in our future. Likewise, thank you so much. It's an honor to be a part of this. And uh, we think, yeah, thank you for the work that you're doing and definitely look forward to staying in touch. Right back at you. Let us know we're in your corner and anything we can do to support, we we would help in a second. Thank you so much. That means a ton. Now you can follow Ariana and the Women's Voices Now Festival at Women's Voices Now on Twitter and on Instagram at women's underscore voices underscore now. 
We've got all the details and all the links in our show notes. Don't you worry. But honestly, at womensvoicesnow.org, check out their trailer and full list of films in this year's festival. There's so much to take in. It's amazing. Again, 11-11, starting March 11th at 11 a.m. Remember, remember, 11-11. And it's all virtual, right? So as per usual in this continued pandemic time, you can actually see everything. And just remember, speaking of pandemic, we're in this time. And I just want to let you know that if you need anything, you know, we got you. We're sending you love and warmth and energy. But if we can do anything to help you creatively or community-wise, or if you just need an ear, just drop us a line, Firecracker DEPT, and keep us in touch. While you're online and waiting for their festival to start, leave us a quick review. Why not that? And let us know what stuck with you from this episode. It helps us connect with new voices, but also it helps us connect with yours. We hope to hear from you soon. Winnie Wong is our Firecracker head producer. Follow her at wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and wonder underscore Wong 8 on Twitter. Sydney Nielsen is our co-producer and head editor. You can follow them at Sydney underscore Nielsen. Sydney, you know, like Australia. Nielsen, you know, like milk. The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. And we are so excited and feel so lucky to have two amazing, incredible firecracker interns for the winter of 2021. Fran Caviello and Saba Dolati. And I have to say, these are firecracker humans to their core, and we're so lucky to have them with us. Get into the full Firecracker Department core team at firecrackerdepartment.com slash about because we're always updating and we're always growing. Stay tuned to our newsletter for advanced updates on our monthly meditations, upcoming mentorship workshops, live script department readings, festival partnerships, weekly writing workouts, and dates for 2021, and so much more. There's lots going on in Firecracker Department. Now, whether you're a first time or a long time listener to the Firecracker Department, we always, always want to hear from you. We love hearing what quotes, the specifics, the nuances of things that stuck with you from each of the episode. And we mean it. We really do. And we respond to every single thing that comes our way. If it gives your brain goosebumps or it piques your curiosity or makes you want to stop and write something down, send it back to us or our Firecracker guest or both. I mean, everybody likes to know that when they put something out into the world, that it resonates. And if it sparks something in you, use that creativity to take some creative action. Let us know. Share it because it just reverberates. You know, if you see somebody being creative, that might spark somebody else's creativity. So pay it forward. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music. And thanks to you. Yeah, you sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at the Firecracker online community, maybe brunch, maybe the writing workshop. Come on and share some time with us. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time.